Welcome to The Marcus Warren Show, powered by 960 Digital and the Wealth Empowerment Network. Now, here is your host, Marcus Warren. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to the number one retirement and tax planning show in the region, The Marcus Warren Show. I am your host, financial advisor, tax and road agent, and author of the Retirement and Tax Playbooks, Marcus Warren, and I hope everyone is doing well on this Sunday. And to my left-ish, I am joined by our resident tax professional, D. How you doing, D? Hello, and happy Sunday. And remember that if you miss any parts of the show and you want to catch up on anything that you missed, you can subscribe to the Marcus Warren Show podcast via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. Also, Throughout the show, we will be offering our retirement rescue game plan. Now, what is that, you ask? Well, that is a physical packet of information that will help rescue your retirement from all the risks that threatens your nest egg once you are close and in retirement. Now, in that game plan, you're going to get a copy of my two books, a few different financial reports, and access to my webinar entitled Taxes in Retirement. Now, you also may be asking yourself, how do I get my hands on that physical packet of information, Marcus? Well, all you have to do is simply go to warrenwealth.net. That's warrenwealth.net. Go to the site, put in your information, and that retirement rescue game plan will be delivered free of charge to your front door. Once again, go to warrenwealth.net. All right, so... Here we are um, in the doldrums of, of summer, and mm-hmm. you know we've been kind of uh, hit and miss a lot with um, our uh, some of the content that we throw out there, um, you know. But uh, that's you know what's ex- summer. expected. It's summer, and 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 you know there's a, a lot of things going on, vacations, what. So forth and so on. And so, um, you know, here we are and we are in the uh, middle of of July and the markets are doing what they did and doing what they've been doing for um, uh, pretty much all this year. They've been up, they've been down and they've been pretty volatile on the downside, although we did have a pretty uh, significant day on Friday. But uh, we'll see how that goes because, you know, we have a a big up day and then there's a big down day. You know what that's called, people? That is called volatility. That's what I talk about. Anyway, so um, a lot of people uh, are scared of uh, the potential recession that uh, may be coming uh, down the pipe. And um, they're wondering, you know, how to deal with a lot of those things because a lot of these companies um, have announced layoffs and people are a little bit nervous. Actually, speaking of layoffs, let, let's do this. Let, let's talk about um, company retirement plans because with layoffs, uh, a lot of people uh, who have saved money in their company retirement plans, 401ks, 403bs, things of that nature, um, will be left with the decision or the question that we always get all the time, which is, you know, hey, Marcus, I have left a company, either I left it voluntarily or I was laid off because of the impending recession. And a lot, just like I said, a lot of these companies have announced that they're going to uh, start cutting uh, payroll and things of that nature. But what do you do with an old retirement plan? Um, and uh, that's a good question because that's one of the main questions uh, that we get. And generally, um, for uh, the folks out there who have left the company, been laid off, or are worried about uh, being laid off because of the uh, recession that may or may not be coming down the pipe, although I think it might be coming down um, the road here pretty soon. Um, what can you do with an old 401k? And there are generally four things that, that you can do. Um, and I'm going to talk about those. Number one, you could literally just leave it with your old company. You can leave it there at the company that, uh, uh, you just, uh, were separated from. Now, what are some issues, uh, with that? And actually it's funny because that tends to be the default option for most people because, you're, uh, you left the company, you moved to your other company, and then you don't even really think a lot about, uh, that, that company retirement plan, that 401k that you had at the previous employer. Now, what are, uh, some of the missteps for leaving it there at that old company? Number one, you're no longer there. So why would you want to do that? You're no longer there, whether it's voluntary or involuntary, 
uh, it's just not a, a good idea just to leave it with the old company. Number one, you don't have control. Um, uh, what do I mean by that? I mean that the company, they can change plan sponsors, right? You could have had, say, um, Fidelity managing that account uh, one day, and then all of a sudden now it's some other company that you're not familiar with or whatever that may be. Um, so you don't have control uh, over that. Um, you also don't have control over the investment options. A lot of times those investment options that they have with, their, with those 401ks or those uh, 403bs, they're generally limited. So you only have, you know, 10, 15, 20 investment options, and they're generally just mutual funds. You know, they'll have their conservative ones or their cash money market funds, and then they'll go all the way up to aggressive uh, international funds, right? But you're basically limited to those 15 or 20 investment options options that are within there. And then, of course, there are the uh, internal fees and things of that nature that you have no control over um, and um, you are going to be paying those internal fees, whether you like it or not. And so by leaving it there, I can understand that, you, hey, you're, you're familiar with uh, that uh, particular uh, plan that you've been in forever. But really, for the most part, when you separate from a company, it's a good idea to move that. And so that takes me into my next uh, option that you have, right? So you can leave it at the old company, or the second thing that you can do is you can transfer it over to your new employer. So if you've left a company and you're getting a new job and they have a company retirement plan, 401k, 403b, you can transfer that old one over to the new company that you work for. Now, what are some benefits of doing that? One of the benefits is that it's just easier to track your retirement savings, right? You're currently working for that company, and now you know where your uh, investments are. You can pull up that 401k, you can look at it, and it's right there. That's number one. Uh, a number, uh, I guess number two benefit of doing that is you have some borrowing power, right? If your new retirement plan, if they let their participants borrow from uh, your 401k, then you're able to do that. And you generally can borrow up to 50% of your vested balance, right? So if you have $100,000 in your, $100,000 that, that, is, that is vested in your uh, retirement plan, you can generally borrow up to 50%. So that, that would be $50,000, right? And then of course, as you're paying that back, you're paying yourself back, so forth or so on. So that are the, so those are a couple of benefits. Now, um, some of the uh, issues that you have when you transfer it over to a new company retirement plan is what I talked about. If you leave it with your old employer, you still don't have control because your new employer still can change the plan sponsor, uh, you still are you still are limited to those investment choices uh, that you have. Uh, those internal fees uh, are still there, um, and you just don't have that control that you uh, I, I would think that you would want. And as we'll get to here uh, in a minute, so you know that is another issue with just transferring that four hundred one k over to the new company. So. What's the next option that you that people generally have or you can do when you uh, leave a company and have an old 401k? Well, one of the options that you have is that you can cash that bad boy out. Now, uh, it may sound good, right? Because you might have a pretty significant sum in your 401k that you've accumulated over the few years that you've worked for that company. And, you, and you're like, you know what? I'm just going to take that out and put it in my bank account. And any money that hits your bank account always seems like a good thing, right? Because you see that number go up, right? But that's probably the worst option that you can even try or do in regards to your old 401k, you don't want to cash it out. Now, if you need the money, then, you know, you're going to, if you need the money for a hardship, you know, you, you, you've hit rough times, whatever, whatever, that just may be what you have to do. But let me tell you why that's generally not the best option. It's generally not the best option because of something called taxes. Yeah, taxes. Not a game, not a game. We're talking about Taxes, right? Taxes. And then on top of that, there may actually be 
penalties, right? Penalties. So let me give you a, a, a quick rundown. So um, whenever you cash out your 401k, if you have any kind of earned income for that year or social security income, whatever kind of rental income, whatever kind of income you have coming in that year and you cash out that 401k, that company retirement plan, 403b, whatever it is, it is going to just be dumped on top of all that other income. And then you are taxed at your highest marginal tax rate. Why? Because Remember, that company retirement plan is tax-deferred money. You've never been taxed on it. You've gotten that pre-tax deduction as you were contributing to that bad boy. And now, when you pull that money out, that, my friend, is when you are taxed. Oh, and by the way, if you're under 59 and a half years of age, then they add a 10% penalty. So, What does that mean? That simply means this. Let's say you pull up your uh, 401k balance on the internet, on your laptop, on your uh, iPad, on your smartphone, and you look at your 401k balance and you think that that money is all yours. And you think when you cash it out, all that money is going to hit your bank account. It is not because you owe Uncle Sam a portion of that money. And like I said, if you're under 59 and a half, you owe an additional 10%. So generally, when you see that 401k balance and you're thinking about cashing it out or you want to cash it out, just think that you're going to basically get about 60% of that amount. Woo! That means 40% is going out to Uncle Sam. That is rough. That is rough. That is why it is not the best thing to cash it out. Now, the last thing that you can do is probably the best thing that you can do, at least in my humble opinion. And we are going to talk about that after the break. You are listening to The Marcus Warren Show. We got some country going on. Jason Aldean here. Mm-hmm. Now, this song is called a Dirt Road Anthem. Came out in 2010. Okay. Number seven in the U.S. All right. There you go. Not, not played in the U.K.? Maybe, Didn't but chart. I, don't, I don't think that they... Uh, they don't like country music? Well, they probably do, yeah. but you know, yeah. this is what it is. Mm-hmm. And now he's rapping here. There we know, go. Some little rap, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. do what you do. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh. <laughs> there you go. All right. There you go. Welcome back to the show, the Marcus Warren Show. And... Um, all right, so last segment, we talked about the uh, things that you can do with an old 401k from a, a previous employer. Number one, you can leave it with that old employer, right? You can transfer it to your new employer, uh, but there's some, there's some issues with that, for actually for both of them, right? Because as long as they're in your company retirement plan, you don't have control they can change plan sponsors. You're limited to investment choices. And so there's some issues there. The third thing that you can do is you can just cash it out and take it in cash. But of course, that's probably not that great of an idea, especially if you don't need the money because of taxes and penalties, potential penalties that can leave you with a lot less than your 401 sta- your 401k statement shows, right? So if you think you have... Uh, you know, say $100,000 in there and you cash it out and you're under 59 and a half, uh, you could basically walk away with about 60 cents on the dollar, uh, dependingly, because it is taxed at your highest marginal tax rate. 
uh, whatever, wherever you fall there. And then, of course, like I said, if you're under 59 and a half, then you've got that 10% penalty. So that might not be the best thing to do, uh, cash it out. So um, what else can you do with that? And I said one of the better things that you can do, or I teased it last segment, uh, and I'll let you know now, the better thing that you can do is you can roll it over into your own self-directed IRA. And so what are the benefits of rolling it over to uh, your own IRA? Uh, The first benefit is just control, right? I've used that word a lot. I used it last segment a lot, but now you have control over your retirement. Now, uh, what do I mean by that? That means that, number one, from an investment standpoint, you're not limited to the investment options that you have within that company retirement plan, right? Like I said, they generally have 15 to 20 options, if that many, um, but you're limited to those specific mutual funds, whatever they have, uh, whatever options they have in that plan. Once you roll it over into your own IRA, Now, basically, you have what I call the investment universe. That's available to you, right? Meaning that you can pretty much invest in whatever you want to. You can invest in individual stocks. Uh, So if you wanted uh, to jump into Amazon, Netflix, whatever stock you wanted, UPS, Humana, uh, Lowe's, you can invest in it, right? If you wanted a, an, an, an ETF, you can do that. If you wanted other mutual funds, you can do that. If you wanted to even invest in crypto now, which um, I don't know about that, but, you know, well, actually we're going to talk about that here, here a little bit later. You could do that. Gold, silver, precious metals, whatever, oil and gas, but you get my point. You can invest in whatever you want because you have control. So that's number one. Number two is, you know, I talked about um, fees and things of that nature where, you know, you're, you really don't have control over the fees because your employer picks the plan sponsor, picks the funds um, or whatever funds are available. They, they pick those funds and then, and, and you're stuck with those here. You basically have control over the fees you want to pay. Now, if you're a do-it-yourself or you can do it yourself and, you know, try to minimize fees that way. Um, or if you, uh, are a little bit, uh, um, uh, on the brighter side and you want to hire a fiduciary, uh, you know, you can hire a good fiduciary advisor to help you manage that IRA. And not only that, but it also help you manage um, your retirement plan and your income planning, things of that nature. But the, but the bottom line is this, you have control over what you want to do with your specific rollover self-directed IRA. And that's why, generally speaking, we think that that's the best option of what you can do or what you should do with your old company retirement plan. So there you go. Well, I've got one more benefit for why it's probably beneficial eventually to roll over your 401k into an IRA. All right. What's that? So we know that, and if you don't know, you will know soon, that um, traditional IRAs, uh, company retirement plans, all those pre-tax accounts, there eventually comes a point where you're required to take that money out, right? It's called your RMD, your required minimum distribution. And of course, the government makes you take that money out. Why? Because you've never paid taxes on it. It's just sitting there growing. And eventually they want to get in on some of that growth. Now, we also know, and if you don't know, you will soon know that there are Roth IRAs, which are after-tax accounts, meaning that they grow tax-deferred. You take Mm. them out and it's tax-free. And there is no... RMD, that required minimum distribution. You don't have to take it out ever. You could just leave it in there forever. Mm. The thing about Roth 401ks is that there is an RMD requirement. So even though it's still tax-free, just like your IRA, your Roth IRA, there is an RMD requirement just like there is with traditional 401ks and with traditional IRAs. So when you get to RMD age, which is 72 now, you're forced to take money out of your Roth, whether you need it or not, if you keep it in your Roth 401k. 
Okay, interesting. That's good. That's good. That's good stuff to know because, you know, just like I talk about, you want control, and when you have control, when you roll it over to your own self-directed IRA, just like D saying, is if you leave it with the old company plan, even if it's in a Roth four hundred one k, you don't have control. Why? Because the government's going to make you take that money out. But if it's in, if it is in your own IRA, self-directed IRA, then you don't have to. You have control over it. Um. I thought of something in regards to um, rolling your uh, 401k, whether you roll it over into a self-directed IRA or even if you roll it over or transfer it over to your um, to your new company plan. Right. Here's the deal. There is something that is called a direct and or indirect transfer or rollover, a direct rollover. Is basically when it goes. So say you're say you're with your old company and now you're with a new company and you're like, you know what, Marcus, I hear you, but I'm just going to roll it over to my new company, right? A direct rollover is when it is when you don't touch the check or the money or the funds. That is when it goes from, let's say, you worked for UPS and now you're working for Humana and they're basically rolling that over and transferring transferring it over straight from. Uh, UPS straight to Humana and you don't touch it. That's a direct rollover. That's the best way you're good to go, right? Or even if you used to work at UPS and you are rolling it over to a self-directed IRA and it goes from UPS to that new custodian that you have your IRA with, that is a direct rollover. Good. You can do it that way. That's probably the best way to do it. Then there is what is called an indirect rollover or a transfer. And what is an indirect rollover? That is when that previous employer, and we'll still use UPS, that is when they send that check to you first. They send it to you first. Now, you are responsible for getting that to the right place, whether it's to your new employer plan or to your own self-directed IRA. Sounds simple enough, right? Hey, I got this check. I'll just send it over to my new employer or my new IRA, right? Now, we know that life happens. And when you have plans to do something, we know that stuff can happen. There's a few issues with when you receive that check, especially if it comes from your old employer. Number one, you have 60 days. There's a time limit. Time is going to start ticking. I wish we had a, a, a good uh, a sound effect. You're doing your own so sound just effects. Me, it's all good. Like, like a 60-minute time effect. Anyway, um, you have 60 days to complete that rollover process, right? If you don't complete that rollover or that transfer within that 60-day window, then you will owe income taxes on the amount that you failed to roll over. And by the way, if you're under 59 and a half, you'll also face that 10% penalty, Right. Oh, and by the way, indirect rollovers can only really happen once per year, right? So hopefully you're not changing a bunch of employers throughout the year and are moving stuff over. But indirect rollovers can only happen once per year. Now, another issue with that is this, an indirect rollover, is that your old employer, if that check is coming straight to you via an indirect rollover, if you're going to get that check, they are required to with, to withhold 20% from your distribution from, 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 from that check, right? So for tax purposes. So say you have $100,000 sitting in that UPS 401k. They roll it over and they give it straight to you. You are going to receive a check for $80,000. And then you take that $80,000 and hopefully within 60 days, you get it to your new company or your new IRA. But here's the issue. Now, to avoid being taxed and penalized on that 20% that they withheld, you have to be able to get enough money from other sources to cover the amount and include it with your rollover contribution, right? And it gets convoluted from there. So let's suppose that uh, the 401k or 403b from your prior employer, say, like I said, you have a balance of $100,000, right? UPS, right? If you decide to take a full distribution from that account, your prior employer, they got to withhold that 20%. That means they keep $20,000 and they send you a check for the remaining $80,000. Now, 
you have up to 60 days to transfer or roll over that full amount of $100,000 without incurring taxes or penalties. But since you only have a check for $80,000, you must come up with the other $20,000 yourself. If you can't, the amount you fail to roll over will be treated as a distribution subject to taxes and a 10% early withdrawal penalty if you are under the age of 59. Even if you have an extra $20,000 on hand, you still must wait until you file your income tax to get the, to get the withheld $20,000 returned or a portion of it, depending on what you owe in your other taxes. That was a lot. Not sure if you understood it, but the bottom line is this. It's best to do a direct transfer. You don't want that check to hit your bank account when it is made out to your name. Now, you can do it where it's made out for benefit of you. So if my name is Marcus Warren, by the way, which it is, you can check my birth certificate. Marcus Warren, I can say, you know what? I used to work at UPS. You know what? I want uh, to transfer my funds over to my own self-directed IRA. They might send me a check, but as long as it's not made out just to Marcus Warren, to me, then they won't withhold that 20% and I'll be okay. They have to do this. They have to say, say I'm going to roll it over to a, um, a Fidelity IRA. If they make the check out to Fidelity for benefit of Marcus Warren, then I'll get the full amount that then I'll be able to roll that over without them withholding that 20% and without any kind of tax penalties and all the stuff that I just talked about. And it's a lot smoother that way. The bottom line is this. If that's what you're thinking about doing, you need to work with a good fiduciary advisor to walk you through the process. Especially, that can be especially problematic because you cannot reverse it. If that's you right. make that distribution incorrectly, the, the uh, plan provider will send that 20% to the IRS you can't get that back. That's right. So if you don't have that $20,000 to roll over into the uh, IRA, then you're you're stuck having to pay taxes on $20,000 because That's right. you it, it got sent to Uncle Sam. That's right. There you go. And now you know. And knowing is half the battle. G.I. Joe. Coming up next, we are going to uh, talk a little bit more about what is happening with this economy. You're listening to the Marcus Warren Show. Here's to the ones that we got. Cheers to the wish you were here, but you're not because the drinks bring okay. back all the memories of everything we This is Maroon 5. Some Adam Levine for you. Adam Levine. The song is called Memories. There you go. The song came out in 2019. Okay. Number two in the U.S., All number right. five in the U.K., so a big song for him. Oh, yeah. I know the song, too. I didn't know the, the, um, title. the title of yeah. it, but it is what it is. One of my favorite concerts that I went to was an outdoor Maroon 5 concert in Lexington. There you go. That was before they got big. Before they blew up. <laughs> before they blew up. Now they're just way out of hand and doing a lot of pop stuff versus oh, yeah. the you know, good old stuff. School. Old school stuff. She will be right. left. Welcome back to the show, The Marcus Warren Show. Remember that you can request your retirement rescue game plan. All you have to do is go to warrenwealth.net and you will get a physical packet of information that will help rescue your retirement from all the risk that threatens your nest egg. We are talking about market risk, inflation risk, and most importantly, tax rate risk. You got to protect your hard-earned money from the IRS. Once again, go to warrenwealth.net to get your retirement rescue game plan. You know what? In addition to um, you know some of these risks that I talk about, so I talk about market risk. We already know what's going on with market risk. The market has been volatile towards the downside. We're officially in a bear market and investors are scrambling and wondering what to do. You can't forget about tax rate risk, which I always talk about. But let's talk about another risk that I say uh, that's out there and we have to uh, protect against, and that's inflation, right? And we already know that the, the numbers came out and, um, you know, inflation uh, jumped up to like 9% um, uh, recently uh, for June. 
Uh, and basically, it was, it was his fastest uh, pace in a little over 40 years. And, you know, everyone's seen uh, prices rise sharply for a number of different goods and services as basically it's about, you know, strong demand is colliding with uh, a lot of these supply shortages. Um, and it's inter- interesting because, you know, I hate to get uh, – um, well, I don't want to get political, and I won't get political. But, you know, a lot of times when inflation pops off, they blame the, that current administration. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of times that's not really the case because, of course, inflation is huge in uh, in, in the U.K., and uh, around the world. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And of course, we have no control over that. We're the US and just inflation, just because of supply chain shortage, just things of that nature. But when people are hurting and they want solutions, it becomes a political thing and people blame the current administration. But besides that, let's talk about what inflation is. Basically, inf- inflation, it reflects the broad rise of prices or really the fall in the, the value of our dollar dollar bill, y'all. Right. Um, it generally results from just economic, uh, the basic economics, right? Too much demand chasing too few goods, supply and demand, right? Which leads to uh, a lot of those, those price increases. Um, so what's causing uh, in, in inflation, you know, right now? Um, you know, number one, we've been flush with uh, that cash, right? We've been flushed with uh, a lot of money and, you know, consumers, uh, well, number one, we've been flushed with a lot of cash because of that government spending. Um, the, gov- the government stimulus programs, uh, which led to uh, a lot of uh, money that was out there searching for those goods that were uh, kind of sparse, right? And then, um, and then, of course, the supply chain disruptions uh, that persisted with uh, covid and then, of course, we got Russia's invasion of the Ukraine. Um, uh, and, and, and it's funny because here, at least, I don't want to speak for the whole U.S., but at least here where we are, here in Louisville, um, COVID, that seems like a thing of the past, right? Mm-hmm. We don't see a lot of masks. Um, no. no one really talks about it. We're, we're just going about our, our normal, our normal uh, business here, right? We're not seeing those daily tickers Tick, right. on the you know not on the news channels. This is how many cases now? This is how many cases now? No, but it's still around. And when we talk about supply chain, China, right? COVID nineteen cases in China have with shutdowns in Shanghai and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. Because when there are when there's an outbreak of of the coronavirus in China, they shut stuff. Down. Yes. And so that, of course, because we get a lot of goods and services from China, that uh, puts breaks in the supply chain. And uh, that is why we have uh, this additional uh, inflation. And so, um, you know, how fast, you know, are prices rising? Of course, we already know that it's up, you know, 9% from a year ago. And, you know, things are, are, are continuing to, uh, to move up. And so, um, you know, what, how can one mitigate against these, these rising prices? Um, unfortunately, there's not much the average consumer can do, especially, um, you know, if, um, if you have to spend money on things like gas, um, food, um, things of that nature. Um, I think that, you know, obviously inflation with um, um, one way that the, uh, government or the Fed combats or fights against inflation is trying it is by raising interest rates right to uh, um, tighten things up and that is what the Fed has been doing. You've seen mortgage rates, by the way, in the last six months jump from three percent for a thirty-year mortgage to six percent for a thirty-year mortgage. Um, that's probably going to uh, slow up the uh, the housing market. Um, how does inflation affect the uh, the stock market? Um, you know, uh, entrenched inflation, you know, will lead the, the Fed to, to raise these interest rates, uh, which in turn raises, raises borrowing cost. And, you know, that puts a, a damper on, you know, these companies who are utilizing a lot of credit to fund their businesses, things of that nature, because things tighten up, interest rates go up, and um, it leaves a lot of uncertainty that's out there in the market. So, 
A quick sidebar about yep. the Fed raising interest rates. Yep. So I was reading an article about how um, the Fed had um, initially uh, the uh, they were going to raise uh, interest rates by 75 basis points again in July. That was what the plan was. Yep. But now because the inflation rate last month was 9.1, which was higher than expected, some there are some rumblings that they're going to actually raise them 100 basis points in July. One full percent for those of you out there who aren't into the, you know, basis point game game. So, um, you know, 75 basis points is 0.75. 100 basis points is basically a full percent. Yes. And if they're looking to do that, that, that ought to, you know, at least slow some things up. But yeah, that's a huge It's going to have ripple effects, and especially in regards to um, companies. And I talked about layoffs, and that's why I talked about what to do with your own 401k plans in the first two segments is because those are things that, that, that happen once interest rates go up. The thing that uh, really caught my eye in this article is that there are you can bet on what the fed will do how, how much they will raise interest rates so there's <laughs> traders of futures tied to the fed's policy rate are betting that they're going to increase uh the interest rates by one percent or 100 basis points yeah so that's a way to make money right and uh, no it is not um yeah, they're you know ga- gamblers. You just trade on everything. Just bet on everything. Gamblers, like everything? gamblers. Whether it's Las Vegas or Wall Street, yes. it's all the same. There's a volatility index. There's odds on, you know, what the Fed's going to do. That's just the way it is. And you know, there's you know, there's ways. You know, if you're a gambler, there's ways to make money if the market goes up. There's ways to make money if the market goes down. It's all about. <laughs> Um, you know, all those crazy things that, uh, that, that, that people do. Um, speaking of that, you know what you can do though? You know what you can do? Hey, um, the stock market is, you know, volatile towards the downside. Interest rates are, you know, headed up. Inflation is high. So if you put your money in cash, you're in essence losing money. But you know what you might be able to do? Uh, remember uh, crypto when you, hey, crypto was going to be a stored Uh-oh. value and be an alternative to all of that stuff? Uh-oh. Right. Crypto. Yeah, it's funny, you know, because the whole thing about crypto, you know, uh, five, six, seven years ago was that it was an alternative to, you know, the regulated bank markets and, I mean, the, the, yeah, the, the banking system and the stock market and so forth and so on. But what we are finding out is that crypto basically, uh, most of it is lock and step with what the market's doing. We have had this crash uh, in the market, this bear market, mm-hmm. and now we have this, uh, this crypto uh, crash, this crypto winter, as some call it, where you've seen cryptocurrencies, you know, are down about $2 trillion uh, since the the height of 2021. And it's interesting because I remember when uh, crypto was going up and up and up back in 2017, 2018. Mm -hmm. Um, And um, I was asked, of course, to comment on it, you know, it became mainstream. So one of the news uh, outlets asked me to to jump on and talk about uh, the crypto craze at the time. And by the way, that's when crypto went from like $2,000 and even before that, you know, like $2, but basically Bitcoin. Two, yeah, mm-hmm. a Bitcoin, a crypto, mm-hmm. yeah, specifically Bitcoin, right? Mm-hmm. It went from 2000 all the way up to 18000 And uh, I talked about it back in 2017 and um, was talking about, hey, I'm not you know sure about this because if you look historically, it's been a volatile investment uh, up and down. And now that it's up, you know, of course, people are like, hey, we should should we invest in it? And I was like, ah, let's pump the brakes a little bit. And of course, it went from 18, uh, 17, 18,000. It went all the way way back down uh, to about two thousand, three thousand dollars. And it stayed there for, you know, about another couple of years. And then, of course, uh, you know, right around uh, COVID, right a little bit before COVID, right around COVID, all of a sudden it started to creep back up, creep back up. So it went from uh, that two, three thousand dollars, of course, all the way up to its peak of about sixty nine thousand dollars at the height in twenty twenty one. And, uh, you know, not to pat myself on the back, but uh, even then I was still saying, you know what, crypto is still is funny money, not sure about it, Bitcoin, you know, who knows. Um, and here we are now, it's gone from 69,000 and it's right around 20,000 right now. 
and people project it to go a little bit lower. Now, long term, who knows what's going to happen? But I just know that most people speculate and most people who are putting their money in here, they, they can't afford these wild upswings because they're trying to hit that jackpot right away. And so whenever you invest, you have to do your research, make sure you're in it for the long term and understand that when it crashes or when there are dips like this, if you've done your research and you think it's, it, it's something that you want to be invested in in the long term, then this should be a buying opportunity. But it's generally not that way with most folks because most folks, they got in back in 2017 when it was 17, 18,000. It dropped down to two and 3,000. And you know what they did? They jumped out. So even when it jumped back up to 69, they weren't in it. But they probably jumped in when it hit 50, rode it all the way up to 69, and now it's, and didn't get out, by the way. And now it's back down to 20. It's that cycle of madness that I talk about all the time and it drives it drives me mad I don't even think that's honestly the biggest problem with crypto I mean it's definitely a problem <laughs> um, people have lost a lot of money investing in the bitcoins and buying high selling low dollars. that happens that happens you know with other investments too you might have bought Tesla when everybody was talking about Tesla and you know it, right. it's dropped recently I mean, Netflix um, Netflix yeah. yes um, yeah. I think the biggest problem is the deregulation because you have now you have uh, crypto lenders you ha- that are unregulated yeah. and there's two recently that just uh, filed for bankruptcy um, because they uh, tout that they're safe and that they're going to give you these astronomical rates, interest rates, if you invest your money with them. Then they take your money and they don't set it aside for you like uh, like all other non-crypto financial institutions are yep. supposed to have that security of uh, yep. the FDIC, SI- FDIC, FDIC, SIPC protection. Yep. Instead, they lend it out, which banks do too, because they lend it out for a higher rate than they say they're going to give you. True. But... Now, now there some of these uh, people that or companies that they've lent the money out to are defaulting on those loans, and the cryptocurrency lenders don't have the money to pay back the people who invested their money with these institutions. And because it's unregulated, there's just I don't know what what these people are going to do. I don't know if they're going to get their money back. And it's funny because even if it were regulated, which you just talked about. Sounds like the mortgage crisis of 2008 where stuff was regulated and they took money in, lent it out, kept on lending it out. Same type of situation where then stuff became chopped up and securitized and it became this this, just gobbledygunk of uh, risk that ended up the bottom fell out. That is what happened in our financial markets, unfortunately. Anyway. Coming up next, we're going to get into some news you can use and news you can't use. You're listening to The Marcus Warren Show. Okay. We went old school here. Oh, yeah. So, um, this is... Do you believe in magic? And the group is called the Loving Spoonful. Interesting. The song came out in 1965. Very happy go lucky. Number nine in the U.S. All right. There you go. Okay. Nice, uh, good music. It's a very like 60s boy band no type of song. No doubt about it. All right. Welcome. Back to the show, the Marcus Warren Show, and we all know what it's time for. Like I said earlier, it is time for some news that you can use. Well, this story is like a car wreck that you can't turn your eyes away from. Uh, Twitter has sued Elon Musk to compel him to buy the social media company for 44 billion dollars with a b this is after musk said last week that he is calling the deal off the lawsuit which was filed in i like this the delaware court of chancery 
Uh, last Tuesday, it accuses Musk of hypocrisy and bad faith in breaching his contract with Twitter. Twitter's lawyers say Musk refuses to honor his obligations to Twitter and its stockholders because the deal he signed no longer serves his personal interests. Um, under Delaware law, Musk's legal team has 20 days to respond to the complaint. Um, Twitter uh, has tried to expedite that, of course, saying that a delay would hurt the company because Mr. Musk has been kind of bashing uh, yeah. Twitter's management. Reckless. I mean, it, it, it's like this. He's, you know, he's he's reeling. He, he, he's, he's grasping at, oh, yeah. at straws. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I think that, I think that the end game, he'll probably, um, you know, have to have to settle um, at the very least. Uh, from what I understand, he'll owe, have to pay that billion dollar breakup, billion fee. dollar breakup fee. Mm-hmm. But if they want to be aggressive, they can have him pay the 54, whatever, 44 billion, 44 billion dollars, mm-hmm. oh, 54 dollars, yeah, 54, 20 cents, 20 cents a, share. Yeah. Yeah, a share, which is basically 44 billion dollars. Or they'll come to some agreement in the middle. Yeah. Um, dependingly. And you know, from you know, from what I understand, it, it it's it's uh it's going to be uh painful for for Elon Musk. I mean, he's been you know he he's this is what he does. He's he you know he's a little bit reckless you know with the way he he deals with with companies, whether it's you know what shoot whether it's whether it's Bitcoin, yes, you know when he talks that up and then jumps off and yes. you know whether it's uh, Twitter, whether it's uh, Dogecoin, mm-hmm. he he's. That's what he does, and it's kind of embarrassing. I feel like he's he should. I don't know, you know. I don't know the man. Of course, I don't know the man, but you know, or his feelings or anything like that. But it's almost like it's you never want to say, "Hey, I just I don't got the money." Like, because right. initially when it, when he first put the bid in, yes, Tesla was up. She's doing fine. Market the was bear up. market, mm-hmm. the market's up mm-hmm. now. All of a sudden, Tesla's down, and he's just like, "I don't have it." So he tries to come up with all these, all these excuses, and he's embarrassed. So he has to come up with more excuses, and now he's just going to try to get on, you know, go on Twitter and go on a campaign of, "I'm going to hold out. I'm going to, you know, talk, you know, crap about, you know, mm-hmm. the companies yeah. and do whatever, and then do." I'm, he's going to be himself, Elon That's Musk. True. We'll see how that turns out. That's true. The funny thing is, Twitter wasn't even trying to be sold. When he made an offer, it wasn't it, it didn't it wasn't out searching for buyers. He no. just said, "Hey, this is what I want to do, and I'm going to overpay." Because he's a child. Overpay. <laughs> I mean, it you is know, a. He's trying know, he's, to please his the, constituents, the 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 Tesla Bros. There must be a know, fine that, line between genius and insanity. Is yeah. that a quote? Yeah, pretty sure. Because well, no, it is now because you just said it. There you go. <laughs> there we go. What else? All right, Amazon has agreed to add Grubhub to its suite of Prime services in the U.S. in a deal aimed at expanding some of Grubhub's reach by tapping into Amazon's. A huge membership program. So Grubhub's parent, which is actually a Netherlands-based company called JustEatTakeaway.com, said that Amazon had uh, the initial option to take a 2% stake in the U.S.-based Grubhub, and U.S. Prime members can have their delivery fees waived from some restaurants just because they're part of the Prime membership. Um, They'll get this uh, uh, free delivery for a year. And then after that, we'll be able to opt in to a monthly membership with Grubhub in order to get just uh, some restaurant delivery. Interesting. My, my, my son is a Grubhub. I don't Fanatic? know if it's a Grubhub. He's just a food delivery uh, like uh, mm-hmm. connoisseur. He always has... Uh, his food delivered. Um, yeah. You know, when he gets hungry after, you know, dinner, because he, mm-hmm. he's, you know, it's summertime, he's just graduated from uh, from uh, high school. And so he's, you know, up later and then I'll, you know, I'm, I'm asleep and then I'll, I have one of those Nest doorbells, you okay. know, where you can see what's going on. Okay. And at, you know, 1 a.m., you know, I'll see yeah. food being delivered. Okay. And it'll be whatever, Wendy's, Steak and Shake, whatever, whatever's open. Open that uh, late, Whatever's yeah. open that late, mm-hmm. and he's eating that food. And it's going to be good if that, because that delivery charge, because you got to think. Yeah. When you're ordering, you know, a $12 meal. Yeah. And then they charge an extra $12. Yes. You, you know, you're spending $25, $26 on Steak and Shake. Come Fast on. Fast food burger. Or Wendy's. Or it's <laughs> yeah. like, come on. Like, yes. what are you doing? Yes. But, Mm-hmm. That's what he does, and so okay. maybe I'll tell him about Grubhub so he can at least People not it'd be free to be like normal, normal rates. Yeah, 
It's just, it's, it's insane. And for convenience. I know. Or, you know, that's why we're all getting rounder and chunkier because it's, hey, it's all it's about you just sitting sit around. Back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You get you ever, your groceries if you ever, delivered. If you ever saw Wally, mm-hmm. um, the, the Disney show, mm-hmm. that's, uh, wow, it's, 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 I don't know when it came out, but. Um, it's before its time. It's come out a it long time ago. It is before its time. Mm-hmm. I mean, because we, you know, if, if you look at uh, uh, what, what happens to uh, us down the line, we're just a bunch of blobs just. Yeah. Just well, you could do you could do everything back. from an app. You now. don't have to leave your home. You don't for anything. Medicine. Medicine. Groceries. groceries. Oh, I do that. Clothes. More time. Yeah, clothes. Everything. Fast um, food. Yeah. Like, you order a car. Yeah. And Car- have it delivered to your Carvana, house. Carvana. Right. I mean, it's yeah. You know, you have to leave your house. Everything you now. Need. Remote work, work from home. Yeah. Oh, you can just get you know chunkier and chunkier. Yeah. You know, that's that's unfortunate. Anyway, D, thank you for that uh, news. You can't. Well, you can use. See, I almost uh, stepped on what I'm going to talk about because it's what the people want. And what the people want is not just the news you can use because you can get that anywhere. But what you can't get anywhere is this, these gems right here, which D is about to drop. And this is the news you can't use. Well, a Chinese crested chihuahua mix named Mr. Happy Face. Aw. He was just crowned the world's ugliest dog <laughs> at an annu- it's an annual pageant that's hosted in Petaluma, California every year. And uh, 17-year-old Mr. Happy Face uh, was adopted by an Arizona woman. He was adopted from a shelter and he was just named the world's ugliest dog. The- um, I, I, I wish we had... Um- Visuals, mm-hmm. um, you know, we got to start doing a, a video uh, podcast video or podcast whatever, so, so people, people can, can see, see or something, or just yeah. uh, link it to our uh, our website. Actually, go to warrenwealth.net. We'll throw that ugliest dog picture on there, and you will see this ugly rascal. Um, I don't know if that's anything to be proud of, but uh, I there don't, you go. I don't know. I, I think it's tough for me to find a dog ugly. Re- no. Regardless of. No, I don't know Oh, and they're cute. About. you got the puppy dog eyes, even if he is no. a little, a little, you know, has little no. tuft, tuft, tufts of hair. And, no, you, no, uh, no. Not everyone can be uh, Puss in Boots. You know, the Puss in Boots does the, uh, with Antonio Banderas yes. Pixar mm-hmm. thing, and he does the little cute yeah. everything. No. Puppy dog eyes. This yeah. dog. Aww. Oh, this dog. Oh, my gosh. No, he's it is. not. Oh. No, he's not ugly. He's cute. Oh. And he has his tongue sticking out. Yeah. Aw, he's cute. He looks like he was, like, in a in a horrible, uh, um, you know, boating accident or something where uh-uh. he boat caught on fire and he barely escaped. And Jesus. Anyway, thank you, D. I'm sorry for that uh, news you can't use. I know it was one story, but we're low on time. And everybody knows what this music means. It means we've come to the end of the show. I want to thank everyone for listening. Have a great week and take it easy on this Sunday. Thank you for listening to the Marcus Warren Show. For more information or to request your retirement toolkit, contact Marcus at 502-339-8255 or visit his website at talktomarcus.com. Warren Wealth Management and Tax Planning and WGTK are not affiliated. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles discussed should not be considered investment advice or recommendations to buy or sell any financial vehicle. This information should not be considered tax or legal advice. Individuals should consult with a professional specializing in the fields of tax, legal, accounting, or investments regarding the applicability of this information for their situation. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments will fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested.